This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax Gold with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Layla Mutin. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist here in New York. If you'd like to make an appointment with me, call the office, speak to Liz, 212-779-1744, 212-779-1744. And if you don't already subscribe to the Intelligent Medicine newsletter, it's free. It comes out once a week directly into your inbox. Just go to drhoffman.com and click subscribe. We do not use your email for any other reason. You can unsubscribe at any time. If you would like to email me questions that you want to hear me weigh in on, answer for you, topics of interest, you can email me at questions at drhoffman.net. That's questions at drhoffman.net. It's the same email as where you send your questions to Q&A with Layla, which I do once a week with Dr. Hoffman, which is great fun. Today, I want to talk to you about your B12. Did you go to the doctor recently complaining of low energy or fatigue or brain fog or any of the above? These are pretty common symptoms for a lot of people. I mean, this can happen if you don't get enough sleep. But if your doctor checked your B12 levels and found that, hey, they're in the normal range, you're okay, you're not deficient in B12. Well, I'm here to tell you there's a beautiful article by Dr. Jill Carnahan. And I know that Dr. Hoffman has interviewed Dr. Carnahan before. She does a beautiful job. She's an integrative physician, an MD. And she talks about B12 deficiency often eludes detection. So, you know, it may be that the blood test that your doctor is doing, which is pretty standard, is not enough. And that actual deficiency may be eluding you and your doctor. Now, B12 deficiency affects as many as 20% of all people in the United States. But that number, based on measurement of plasma B12 levels, which is the test your doctor is doing, may be an underestimate. Dr. Carnahan says that standard testing methods don't generally detect functional B12 deficiencies or deficiencies caused by autoantibodies to intrinsic factor. I'm going to explain all of those. 
B12 deficiency is more common than many realize, and large epidemiological surveys suggest that roughly 6% of all U.S. adults under 60 are deficient. Think about that. People under 60 are deficient, with the number rising to about 20% in people over the age 60. You know why people over the age 60, they start to, you know, make less of, it could be stomach acid, it could be intrinsic factor, all those things that happen with aging. Now, some people estimate that that deficiency prevalence is as high as 25% in people over the age of 60. Now, those are certainly big numbers, but recent research suggests that our estimates may be way off and that the actual prevalence might be significantly higher. This is very concerning, yes? There are many fallibilities and inconsistencies in the way that doctors test for B12 deficiency, and consequently, they may be missing a lot of cases. So to understand how B12 levels are evaluated and why the standard tests fall short, we have to first understand how B12 is absorbed and utilized. Sip of water there. So here is the journey of B12. To be broken down appropriately and used by our cells, cobalamin, known as B12, B12 is cobalamin, in food undergoes a kind of complex multi-step process. B12, vitamin B12, is highly acid sensitive. And in order to pass through the acid environment of the stomach, it must be bound and protected by a protein known as transcobalamin 1. It's also called haptocorin. So it needs to be bound by this protein called haptocorin or transcobalamin 1. The haptocorin B12 is impervious to stomach acid, enabling that vitamin to pass through the stomach and into the duodenum and the small intestine. Now, once it's in the small intestine, the B12 is then severed from haptocorin by pancreatic enzymes. This is what is supposed to happen. And after this bond is severed, that's the B12 from the haptocorin, which was its traveler, its doorman, taking it through the stomach acid, right? After this bond is severed, the free B12 is then bound by a different compound known as, you've heard this, intrinsic factor. This is what we all talk about when we're talking about the the absorption of B12, intrinsic factor is very important. So haptocorin or transcobalamin 1 has now been severed from the B12 by pancreatic enzymes. This free B12 is now bound by intrinsic factor. And what intrinsic factor does is it renders that B12 absorbable. Now, Dr. Carnahan says it's curious that intrinsic factor is secreted by the gastric 
parietal cells. These are cells in the stomach, the lining of the stomach or in the stomach. These are the very same cells that secrete hydrochloric acid in the stomach, right? Because when B12 is highly acid sensitive, right? It needs to bypass all that stomach acid, like I just explained to you, by being bound by the haptocorin, the transcobalamin 1, which is what it's also called. And now it's being severed to be bound by another compound called intrinsic factor that is secreted by the same cells that cause the stomach acid. Anyway, see, nutrition is complex. It's not as simple as plumbing and all of that. This is complex stuff. So intrinsic factor is re required for the proper absorption of B12, which takes place in the ileum, the end of the ileum, called the terminal ileum, the terminal ileum, which is at the end of the small intestine, right? Once absorbed into the bloodstream, B12 is then bound to transport proteins called transcobalamins one and two transport proteins trans right transport cobalamins which is a b12 one and two these transport proteins deliver vitamin b12 to the tissues of the body for immediate use as well as to the liver where the excess b12 can be stored this is how it works so what are the problems with the standard tests? In conventional medicine, the, quote, gold standard, end quote, test for diagnosing a B12 deficiency is to measure plasma B12 levels. This is the test that your doctor is doing. And the basic method of this test is as follows. A blood sample is saturated with levels of B12 in a, in a process known as competitive binding luminescence assay, right? And the B12 introduced into the sample binds to the intrinsic, the intrinsic factor, which is what's needed for the proper absorption of B12. Now from there, the blood sample is analyzed to measure the amount of unbound intrinsic factor and vitamin B12, what is free, right? This unbound B12 is the plasma level we see on that standard blood test your doctor does, right? That's what is being measured. Now, lab values vary slightly, but generally speaking, any measure under 200 PG per ml is considered to be an indicator of B12 deficiency. And by the way, we like to see those levels above 600. So it's taking into account that so much of this may be underestimated. We're kind of ahead of the game here. So Dr. Carnahan does a beautiful job of explaining this test. So this standard approach can certainly detect some cases of B12 deficiency, but she says there's a major gap in the capabilities of the test, and it can lead to inaccurate and even entirely false readouts. And in some cases, it gives a false normal reading or even a false B12 elevation. So 
There are two main reasons the standard method may not be able to give us an accurate snapshot of vitamin B12 levels. And one is intrinsic factor antibodies. Dr. Carnahan states that in some cases, the patient's immune system is producing antibodies specific to intrinsic factor. And these antibodies may bind to the intrinsic factor test reagent, thus interfering with the test readout and subsequently delivering a false normal or high false measurement. Another reason why the standard method may not be able to give us an accurate snapshot of B12 levels is functional B12 deficiency. Dr. Carnahan says in other cases, a patient may indeed have adequate levels of B12 floating around in the blood, but the tissues may not be able to properly utilize it. The plasma B12 level alone doesn't always give us a clear picture of whether or not someone's body is able to appropriately utilize the B12 that's available. So these variables mean that we cannot assume that a normal, quote normal, level on a standard B12 test categorically rules out deficiency. Even if the patient's symptom pattern is strongly suggested of a deficiency, you see, this is why it's so important, and I believe to the detriment of allopathic medicine and the amount of time your mainstream primary care physician is only spending maybe an average of six or seven to 10 minutes with you, it doesn't give them enough time to listen to your symptoms and to go based on how you are presenting, what kind of symptoms you have, and only going by the lab test and saying, you're fine, see ya. And I described this in a recent article about the difference between an integrative and functional assessment versus a mainstream assessment in a case of fatigue in a middle-aged woman. So anyway, a deficiency in vitamin B12 can lead to a wide variety of symptoms and consequences, you know, ranging from just unpleasant things to quite serious conditions. And they include fatigue, brain fog, muscle weakness. A deficiency of B12 can present as digestive issues, intestinal problems. It can present as nerve damage, absolutely, and neurological changes manifesting as numbness or tingling in the hands and feet. Mood disturbances, especially depression and anxiety, one of the first things we check for these is a low B12. Increased risk of neurodegeneration, which can be the prerequisite to dementia. A low B12 is an increased risk for cardiovascular disease and stroke. Why B12 plays a role in homocysteine, in regulating homocysteine levels. A low B12 can present as anemia or megaloblastic anemia, which are large, abnormally nucleated red blood cells that don't function properly. A low B12 can contribute to low white blood cell counts and low platelet levels. 
A low B12 may explain undesired weight loss, infertility, and disturbances in fetal development like neural tube defects, developmental delays, and a failure to thrive. This is how important B12 is. Now, who's at risk? Our bodies are unable to produce vitamin B12 on its own, meaning we must obtain all of our vitamin B12 from the foods that we eat. And functionally, someone's B12 status depends on what the person eats, the digestive health status, and the ability to absorb and utilize the vitamin. Now, risk factors for deficiency include impaired absorption or digestive disease like celiac disease or inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's or ulcerative colitis or a leaky gut or bacterial overgrowth like SIBO, right? Other risk factors for deficiency, hypochloridia. What is hypochloridia? It's inadequate stomach acid production. Bariatric surgery or history of other surgeries on digestive organs. Bariatric surgery is now all the rage for people trying to lose weight. They're even suggesting it in teens that are obese. This is horrible because it causes all kinds of deficiencies. I can give you case reports of people who are deficient in critical nutrition. Deficiencies, the risk factors of deficiencies also include immune system conditions like Graves disease or lupus or any other form of autoimmunity. And certainly if you're taking drugs that impair B12 absorption, like a PPI, a Nexium, a Prilosec that you've been taking for heartburn or ulcers, that impairs all of your nutrition, including B12 or the diabetes drug metformin. Anybody taking metformin needs to take additional, not just B12, but folate and a B complex overall. Risk factors for B12 deficiency also include heavy and frequent alcohol consumption, a strict vegan or very vegetarian diet. Why? Because B12 rich foods like eggs, meat, and dairy, they're all from animal sources. You're not going to get B12 on a vegan diet unless you're eating fortified foods like cereal and all that. And people over the age of 60 who may be making less intrinsic factor. So these factors certainly can put someone at increased risk of B12 deficiency, but researchers are finding that B12 deficiency may be much more prevalent than previously believed, even in those with no clear risk factors. So really, for all healthcare practitioners, you know, the call to duty is to do a full laboratory workup that will include the standard B12 measurement, but it goes beyond that. You want to do all kinds of testing, and she goes into all the various testing, especially autoimmune markers, since B12 deficiency is often associated with autoimmune conditions. It's important to measure things like ANA, which is anti-nuclear antibody, and to get a full panel of these nuclear antigens, right? All of these things. We want to also get a serum vitamin D 
because of its myriad roles in immune function, nutrient absorption, and all of that, because that may be impacted. So increasing vitamin D, B12, if the symptom patterns, serum B12 level, and additional test data all point to a B12 deficiency, then what do we have to do? We have to increase B12 levels. It's a multi-pronged approach. B12 supplements, right? You want to take, you want to eat a B12 rich diet. That means following a well-rounded diet that includes plenty of B12 rich foods like eggs, beef liver, clams, and shellfish, dairy products. If you can tolerate dairy products, fish like salmon and trout, poultry and red meat. We need to prioritize gut health because gut inflammation and disturbances of the gut microbiome will interfere with the absorption of B12. So by supporting the gut health, by minimizing inflammatory foods and incorporating supplements like probiotics and things to enhance gut are helpful. And of course, lifestyle modifications our bodies are complex, says Dr. Carnahan, and our organ systems are intri intricately connected, meaning there can be numerous factors that may contribute to an imbalance or a deficiency. Exercise, sleep, stress reduction, emotional well-being, all of these play a role. And while the consequences of an ongoing B12 deficiency can be quite serious, the good news is that this imbalance is often quite straightforward to treat and to reverse. This is out of holistic primary care, Dr. Jill Carnahan, who is like a rock star in integrative and functional medicine. She's out of Boulder, Colorado. Listen, and you know, B12 does recycle itself. And this is an argument from many vegetarians and vegans that it could take many years for a true deficiency to show up. That's true. But eventually it can show up. And that's why we need to eat a very, very diverse diet, including plenty of different types of animal protein and make sure that our gut health is well overall to ensure that we don't present with these deficiencies, particularly B12. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In. This is Intelligent Medicine. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.